From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. It's been just over a year since the coronavirus pandemic turned our world upside down. Businesses shut down, restaurants were shuttered, schools closed, all to flatten the curve of anticipated COVID-19 cases. It placed a lot of stress on the healthcare system. There was a shortage of PPE or personal protective equipment and elective medical procedures were canceled in an effort to preserve what PPE there was and to make sure there was enough staff for a COVID surge. That took a toll on area hospitals. Healthcare workers were heralded as heroes as we faced an unprecedented pandemic. In this episode of Straight Talk, we reflect with Oregon healthcare leaders about the past year, where we are today, what we've learned, and what may lie ahead. Welcome to my guest, the CEO and president of the Oregon Association of Hospitals and Health Systems, Becky Holtberg. Also joining us, the public health director of Marion County, Katrina Rothenberger, and the CEO of Samaritan Hospitals in Lincoln City and Newport, Dr. Leslie Ogden. Dr. Ogden is also an emergency medicine physician by training and spent 10 years in emergency care on the coast. She's currently also helping to administer vaccines. Welcome everyone to Straight Talk. I really appreciate you all being here. Thanks so much, Laurel. Great to be here. Thank you. Well, what a year it's been. How would each of you describe this past year since the pandemic began and how it's impacted you personally and professionally? Let's begin with Becky Holtberg. You know, Laurel, it is so hard to put the last year in words. I think if I tried to, to like capture it in two words, it would be heavy and hopeful. You know, it's been such a heavy year for all of us personally and for our healthcare providers, you know, as they ramped up for a surge, as they responded to patients, as they dealt with PPE and as then they began to vaccinate. Um, it's been a heavy year personally for many of us. You know, I spent three months of the year apart from my family, um, but it's also been a hopeful year. I mean, who would have thought that a year into the pandemic, we would have vaccinated our one millionth Oregonian. I mean, that is really hopeful. And I think it's important to keep sight of that hope. And what about you, Dr. Ogden? Did you ever feel overwhelmed by it all? Oh my goodness, yes, Laurel. That is absolutely the way to say it. Uh, we, um, again, hit the same marks that you talked about before. We were worried about our personal safety. We were worried about how to take care of a surge and when that would come. We were worried about our own ability to sustain when we weren't doing the procedures, uh, the elective procedures that were the backbone of, uh, of our financial stability. And um, we had all of the personal and professional pressures of healthcare workers and trying to pull it all together, make sure that we could get up every single day and continue to give care to the people who needed us and to figure out how to make sure we were doing it the safest way possible and what a roller coaster ride it's been. It certainly has. Katrina Rothenberger, what was it like for you in Marion County? Well, personally for me, um, I'm a mom and one of the hardest things for me was balancing the health and safety of my family and um, deciding to send my daughter back to preschool as a global pandemic is unfolding. Um, Marion County has also been through three emergency declarations in the previous 12 months. So we have certainly been overwhelmed here um, as the pandemic unfolded. 
we have also grown a lot as a community. We've come together to support each other through three natural disasters. And I'm so proud to live here and so proud of our community partners. I know you're talking about the wildfires and the ice storm as well. What a year it's been. Becky, at the start of the pandemic, we mentioned this. Uh, we, we didn't know what was ahead. Governor Brown canceled all elective procedures. How did that impact hospitals? You know, it, it, it was such a challenge because although so much was unknown and at the time it seemed like the right decision, what it really did is just undercut, it completely undercut the finances of hospitals. I mean, the bottom dropped out completely of hospital finances. And I remember saying to my team at the time, like victory this year may be that we don't have a hospital close. We were that close to, you know, weeks away potentially from having some hospitals literally run out of money. And so, you know, I'm, it's, it's, it's great to be here on the other side of it and to be able to say that all of our hospitals stayed open. We navigated through it. The federal government stepped up, the state stepped up, and, we, and the people in those communities did not lose care. But for a while, that was a real concern. And it had a huge impact on your hospitals in Lincoln City, Dr. Ogden. How bad, or Lincoln County, how bad was it? It was pretty bad there for a while. We really were, just like Becky indicated, we were questioning, are our hospitals going to be here at, when we come out of this? Are we going to survive this? And it's especially uh, thoughtful for us in that we have two brand new facilities, both in Lincoln City and in Newport, and we are so proud of all of the work that, um, you know, 10, 15 years worth of work now that has gone into these uh, new facilities to take care of our community in whole new ways. And we were thinking both with the pandemic and then with the wildfire that caused us to evacuate the Lincoln City facility uh, and, and we pulled back all care to Newport, we were thinking this whole time, are we even going to come out the other end? Is this survivable? And you mentioned to me, you even thought you could be out of a job. Oh, yes. I distinctly remember the thought, oh, my goodness, will I even have a job when this is all over? Because if our hospitals close, that's me. That's where I live and that's where I work. And it's, it's almost a little heartbreaking when you, you know, start thinking about how much these hospitals mean to their, their communities and the uh, economics and, and livability of our coastal um, uh, communities. So it's, it's, it was pretty personal there for a while. Well, thank goodness we're starting to come out the other side. And Katrina, not even a year after the start of the pandemic, here we are. We have a vaccine at last check. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're just over 24% of Oregonians have had at least one dose of the vaccine. How remarkable is that, do you think? That's correct. And Wednesday, we celebrated the one millionth person getting immunized in Oregon. I think it's pretty incredible to think about where we've come in just under a year. Vaccine manufactured, developed, and into one million people in Oregon. It's remarkable. And Dr. Ogden, you've been putting shots in people's arms yourself. What has that been like? And what kind of reaction are you seeing and hearing from people when they get their vaccines? Oh, the thankfulness is unbelievable. I um, have seen people break down in tears now, uh, just thankful that they can get out of their house, that they have hope to see their family. Some of, some of the folks are telling me, I'm going to see my grandchild for the first time in a year. And they, it is just overwhelming for them. And um, so 
they are so happy. The, the happiness that happens at vaccine clinics is pretty amazing, and it's so worth volunteering. I'll, I'll put my pitch out there for anyone, uh, clinical or non-clinical. If you want to see a happy day happen, uh, get involved in, in volunteering at your local vaccine clinics because it is amazing. And Katrina, you're the public health director for Marion County, and you and your program have gotten a lot of accolades for how smoothly things have run in giving vaccines. Tell us how you did that. What was the planning like? Well, the successful vaccine rollout in Marion County is really the result in years of uh, planning and partnerships with our local preparedness coalition, health system, and hospital partners. Um, with regard to COVID, we started planning for the vaccine rollout about 11 months ago. We just started asking, hey, we think there's a vaccine that will come. Um, do you, what's your capacity like? Who would you immunize? What would your plans be? Then we started working with our testing partners and saying, hey, do you think you could do the same thing for vaccine? We held tabletop exercises with community partners. We had about 150 people join about five different sessions and we just asked, what are some of the issues we could potentially anticipate? What is, would a drive-through clinic be successful here? And, um, you know, we're doing it. We're doing that in Woodburn. And I, the successful rollout is really due to all of our partnerships, our hospitals, our fire districts, ambulance service partners. Um, and we have lots of different strategies. We have the drive-through clinics. We have mobile clinics. We have the fairgrounds. Uh, pharmacies, and we're able to do some home visits. So we, we're employing multiple strategies to make it su successful here. And Becky, in the beginning, hospitals really had to come up with their own distribution plan, didn't they? Yeah, it was a real, I think the vaccine was a real challenge, um, partly just because of the uniqueness of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, which had specialized storage requirements and specialized transportation requirements. And so it came, became pretty apparent at the end of December, early January, that hospitals really needed to step in in a big way to become the vaccinators, at least the initial vaccinators, for Oregonians. And so I think that some of the efforts that, that, have, that were stood up and stood up pretty quickly, like the fairgrounds, like the Oregon Convention Center, you know, like the efforts of Samaritan and the counties that they serve, were, were nothing short of amazing from a logistical standpoint. And, and, and to the point made earlier, that was really as a result of the hospital stepping in, partnering with local public health, and just getting the job done, just creating a laser focus on the, the, the priority of the moment, which was getting the vaccine out to Oregonians. The state was, was kind of on its own. All the states were. Dr. Ogden, do you think the national response to the pandemic should have been coordinated among states? Would that have made it easier? That would have made it profoundly easier, uh, Laurel. If we had had a lot more coordination and uh, direction from uh, the federal government, uh, we really have a patchwork quilt. I've, I've read this as a description, a crazy patchwork quilt of uh, not only uh, how we uh, handled the, the pandemic, how we uh, did everything from PPE to testing to, to everything. It was, it was hospitals and health systems and states defining everything on their own and reinventing the wheel time after time after time after time. And now we're doing it again with vaccines. And don't get me wrong, there are some people doing some amazing work and we are getting it done. But that is from no help uh, from a, a really coordinating entity. And um, it, it has been um, quite the job to do. 
And Becky, how would you like to see Oregon prepare for a future emergency? You know, what I'm really interested in is what can we learn from this experience and then apply in the future? I mean, we know just from the experience of this year that we're going to have natural disasters in the future. We may even have another pandemic in the future, although I hate to even say that. And so I think one of the things that will be really important as we kind of get beyond this vaccination push and we get to a point where we feel like we are in a new normal is to look back and say, what did we do right? What went really well? And how do we codify that so that we can remember it? And where did we stumble and how can we improve? And so Monday morning quarterbacking where we're pointing fingers is not helpful, but we, we really do want to make sure that we capture learnings from this so that we can improve our response in the future. Well, let's look ahead just a little bit, Dr. Ogden. How concerned are you about what these COVID variants we're hearing about might mean for the future? I think all of us are very concerned because we, we really don't know quite yet. We think with some of them, and we've got had some good initial data, that our vaccines will cover uh, the variants and, and work well against them. But in some other cases, we're not so sure. And we're, we're thinking that maybe uh, we're looking at a future that might include booster shots to, to target certain variants, much like we do with our flu vaccines, where we target what the uh, circulating um, uh, types of flu virus might be. We might be looking at the same thing uh, for coronavirus as well. So um, we really, um, you know, we don't know where this is going and we don't know if our, if our uh, hopes and dreams for the vaccine are going to really take us where we, we hope it might go or if we're actually going to look at uh, something very different and have to pivot midstream and do, um, do something different with either uh, vaccines uh, uh, themselves, boosters, or you know, really how we're addressing the whole pandemic. So yet to be determined. And Katrina, how concerned are you about the COVID variants in Marion County? What concerns me is the speed of our vaccine rollout. You know, variants arise when when the virus has more time to spread through our community. So what I really want to see is vaccine to arms quickly so that these variants don't have the time. So the COVID virus doesn't have the time to mutate and spread here locally. Well, thank you, Katrina, Becky, Dr. Ogden. It's time for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about vaccine hesitancy, what our panel has to say about people being reluctant to get the vaccine. We're back in two minutes. Hello and welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We're talking about the pandemic, the year that's been and what's ahead. Welcome once again to the CEO of the Oregon Association of Hospitals and Health Systems, Becky Holtberg. We also welcome the Director of Public Health of Marion County, Katrina Rothenberger, and also Dr. Ogden in Lincoln County from Samaritan Hospitals. And I want to ask you about the vaccine hesitancy. We'll begin with Dr. Ogden. You know, we don't know what our final percentage of Oregonians getting vaccinated will be. And I think we need to be up to around 80% and correct me again if I'm wrong here for herd immunity. What do you want to say to people who are feeling hesitant, reluctant to get the vaccine? Well, the first thing I would say is uh, it, it's sort of anecdotal and, and it might seem a little flippant, but um, when we say four out of five dentists recommend something, um, if you apply this to physicians, 
uh, over 90% of the physicians that I have been affiliated with, uh, certainly across our organization, have taken this vaccine. And so I think if that doesn't say something, the scientists, the physicians amongst us are absolutely standing behind the science of this vaccine. We are amazed at what uh, it, we have done in a year, that we have come up with a vaccine that is uh, uh, that has efficacy in the 94th to 95th uh, percent area. We have never seen a vaccine this effective. and. Um, I am absolutely floored at our abilities to pull together as human beings and make this happen. And so for those who are hesitant for those reasons surrounding the mistrust of, of how quickly this happened or the science itself, um, I think we can put your mind at ease that these things are well tested, they work very, very well, and there's very little actually in medicine that is such a sure thing as we are seeing with these vaccines. So, um, so just a few reasons, and of course, um, people have a variety of reasons for hesitancy, and the important point I think we're going to have to get to is how we can address each and every one of those and really get, uh, like you said, the vast majority of people on board and, uh, and vaccinated. And Katrina, what are some of your next challenges to address in Marion County? Well, like Dr. Ogden mentioned, uh, these vaccines have gone, undergone rigorous clinical trials. Uh, we also have the Western States PAC that independently reviewed these vaccines as well. Um, and I think it's important to meet people with compassion because it it is a little scary that a vaccine uh, is already here. It is unfathomable. When we were in this position in March, uh, we were hoping for a vaccine. So I think yeah, they are, they have been well studied, but also, like, it's understandable for people to be a little bit hesitant. However, driving home the fact that we have never seen a vaccine with these levels of efficacy and all of the clinical trials that they have undergone, they have enrolled more people in these clinical trials than they typically do in other vaccine studies. Um, and we're also anecdotally here in Marion County seeing people who are having second thoughts. They're saying, oh, well, I wasn't going to get the vaccine at first, but my friends and family, they didn't have an issue. Side effects were minimal. So I think I'm going to get it now. And uh, we're really happy and really encouraging providing that positive reinforcement when people are changing their minds and saying, you know what? I'm gonna get the vaccine too. I've had the Moderna vaccine and when there's a vaccine that's approved for my five-year-old, I can't wait to get her vaccinated. Well, that's good to hear. I wanna shift gears a little bit. Becky, the Oregon legislature is considering some bills that would put more regulations in place for hospitals. There's also a cut to the Medicaid program and the governor's proposed budget. In general, what is your group's position on those potential new regulations and on the cuts? Yeah, thanks. I think if we look back at the last year and all that the health system has been through, um, it is really important that we move to a place where the health system can do its a little bit of its own recovery. You know, we, our, our facilities are at capacity. They've been working at capacity for a year. Um, they have incredible change fatigue. Um, everyone from, you know, the frontline workers all the way up to the leadership team, there's just incredible fatigue. So generally our message has been, 
We need stability right now. We're not through the pandemic. Let's get through the pandemic and then let's give our system some time to recover before we put new burdens on them, before we even contemplate cutting, you know, cutting payment for healthcare in a, pan in a pandemic. Let's get to the point where we can give our system some time to recover. You know, many of these proposals are well-intentioned. We understand them, but unfortunately they have a cumulative impact on the system itself and some of them specifically you know, would create additional burden and additional hardship at a time when the system really is not in a position to be able to absorb it. And Dr. Ogden, briefly, uh, how would those bills affect your hospitals? Well, certainly uh, we do not need any additional regulation at this time. Just like Becky said, we are fighting to keep our head above water for our communities, for uh, the people we care for, for ourselves. And boy, we would just like a breather. We would just like a chance to recover from this, to get us through this, and to um, continue to care for patients with actually less regulation. Would be really nice if we could come to the table and figure out some of the ways to achieve some of the goals, but without legislative oversight to do so. We have just a few minutes left, but I did want to touch on Women's History Month in that spirit. Let's talk about women leaders in the healthcare industry. You're all at the top of your fields. What are your thoughts about where women are today in your industry and what you'd like to see happen in the future? Let's begin with Katrina. Yeah, women currently play a strong role in public health here in Oregon. It's a heavily female dominated industry, which is great. Um, and I've also seen so many of my colleagues rise into new leadership positions. We've had to almost double the FTE in our, our, our employees in our health department, and many of the people taking those leadership roles were women. And I just want to encourage that anyone considering a, a position in public health, that it's really fun, and we get to do a lot of really cool things um, and we have a really important role to play and I hope young girls watching this including my daughter know that that their voice makes a difference and um, they can achieve anything they want to including in the realm of science and public health. And Becky Holberg. Well it's great to be on this panel looking at the panel with uh, all these women. You know I am old enough now or I remember when there weren't many women who were in, who were hospital CEOs or who ran associations and you know, just in the last 10 years, we've just seen incredible progress. Um, we have women in leadership roles in hospitals. We have women running associations. Uh, you know, our, just look at our, at our gut. You know, we have a, a woman who's a governor. In all of these leadership roles, I think women are excelling. And it's great to be able to see that and to be able to support each other as we're in these positions. And Dr. Ogden, what would you like to say about Women's History Month and how it relates to your field? Well, I have a wonderful historical landmark that we reached in 2019, and that was Women Now Exceed Men. And sorry, sorry, men, but Women Now Exceed uh, Men and uh, their enrollment in medical school. And so that just occurred a couple of years ago. And so we are finally seeing women really um, uh, uh, playing a majority role in healthcare of the future. And so I'm very excited about that possibility, about uh, empathy, compassion, and, and a lot of the things that come along um, in extra spades uh, with uh, uh, women in those roles. And Becky, we just have a short time left, but a final thought to leave with our viewers. 
Sure. I just want to encourage everyone to keep up the good fight. We are not through the pandemic yet, but there is hope on the horizon. So let's keep doing all of the things that we need to do to keep each other safe. So hopefully this summer we can get back to a new normal. And Dr. Ogden, I could give you about 20 to 30 seconds for a final thought for our viewers. Yes, I would encourage everyone to try to volunteer and play a part in this, this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to move forward with vaccinations and to really make a difference in how our world works. So be a part, play a role. Katrina Rothenberger, I don't have much time left, so I want to thank you very much for, for joining us from Marion County, Becky Holtberg and Dr. Leslie Ogden. Thank you so much for being here on Straight Talk. Thank you. And thank you for watching and listening. Remember to download our Straight Talk podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for KGW Straight Talk. Join us next week when we look at the local effort to combat anti-Asian hate and violence. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk.